Hello, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 75, and I'm talking with Jessica Hofheimer. Some of you might know her on the internet as Pace of Me. Jessica and I met several years ago through the good old internet, but we have actually had the opportunity to meet in person a couple times, which it seems more like we've met more than that. But I knew this conversation would fly by and that we would have so much to talk about. I actually recorded my conversation with her while I was on a girls weekend away last Saturday. So that was kind of fun to just run upstairs and not have to worry about scheduling around kidnaps and things like that. But I had so much fun talking to her. Jessica's the mom of three. She's a runner. She's a Pilates instructor. And she went from something crazy like a 5.30 marathon to a 3.11 But in that process, um, towards the end there, she kind of went through some overtraining. And in this episode, we talk about that process, what that looked like, and how she's kind of turned turned everything around and has overcome that and is just getting healthy and feeling good about herself and her training. And one thing I love that she said in this episode is that your personal best doesn't just have to be your best time, but it's your best self. So how you feel the best in life, not just with your running your fastest times, but how you're treating your body and all that that goes into that. So great, great, great conversation with Jessica. A lot of good insight here. I know you guys are going to enjoy the conversation. Hey, have you guys checked out Kind Snacks yet? They are partnering with me for this podcast. I love the company. I love the bars. My boys love the bars. And if you're anything like me, you grab them at the grocery store or when you're out and about and you need a quick snack that's healthy. And they're probably about $2 a bar. Well, for $10, you can get the sample box shipped to your door free of charge for shipping. If you just go to kindsnacks.com slash another. Um, Kind Snacks are made in the United States. They're made with ingredients you can recognize and pronounce. And the company also was founded as a not-only-for-profit company in 2004. They're always striving to balance commercial success with social impact, which you know I'm loving that. You guys go to kindsnacks.com slash another, and for $10, you'll have that pretty little box of Kind Snacks sitting on your front porch. Another thing I want to talk to you guys about today is the 500 Festival Mini Mini. Glenn and I love the mini marathon here in Indianapolis, the 500 Festival Mini. It's every May. And the Mini Mini is a timed run specifically for kids ages 5 through 12. It takes place on Sunday, September 17th at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You know Marshall's going to be running that race. It's going to be so fun. We watched him do the rookie run this past year um, that's also put on by the 500 Festival. And I am telling you what, I need to tame myself because I was screaming like a crazy woman watching him run that race. It's going to be so much fun. I have a code for you guys if you want your little people to run this race. All Have Another listeners can use the code ANOTHER17 and you'll save $3 off the registration. That takes the price down from $15 to $12. So get your kiddos signed up and I will be there. Glenn will be there. Our whole family will be there with Marshall cheering him on. It's going to be so fun. You guys, if you do plan on going, use the hashtag IndieMiniMini. All right, if you're loving the show, leave me a rating and review on iTunes. I would so appreciate that. It's one of the best ways for potential new listeners to find us. And if you're looking for new content from me, check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lindsayhine. I put out two bonus episodes a month there, and that can go directly to your podcast feed. So basically, it's like a whole nother, I'll have another podcast on your podcast apps. Two extra episodes a month. At the $5 level, one extra episode a month at the $3 level. 
Live shows coming up on Saturday, September 30th. Come run the Indie Women's Half Marathon with me and then celebrate at the live show with Michelle Gonzalez, Meggie Diles, Mary Johnson, and myself. All kinds of fun women are coming in from all over the country and lots of local people too. It's going to be a blast. More information on my website, lindsayhine.com. All right, guys, let's enjoy this conversation with Jessica. Hello, Jessica. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What are you up to on this Saturday? Well, I went for my run this morning, and then I came home and took a shower, and I made a smoothie, and I've been just kind of doing a, not a whole lot of nothing since then. Where are the kids? <laughs> Waiting to talk to you. Well, two of them are at sleepaway camp. They've been there for almost five weeks. Oh my gosh. How, whoa. Okay. Let's talk yeah, about I know. that. <laughs> yeah. I picked them up on Tuesday and right. they have been gone since June 27th. And these are your big, your big kids. Mm-hmm. Abby and Will, they are 10 and 12. Are you and then, dying to get them back? Oh my gosh. Yes. I miss them so much. I mean, I, I'm, we hear from them, like they write us letters and then their counselors send us letters and we can write to them, but it's all like old, the old fashioned way, Mm -hmm. except the counselors send us emails. It's really quiet. Last year, the big kids went for two weeks to these same camps, but the first, week that they were gone we went out to Seattle and the Pacific Northwest because we had a family wedding to go to and so Robert and I took Gus like on, we, we made it a big vacation and that was really a nice like distraction mm-hmm. like we weren't home I didn't feel like their absence as much I mean I missed them and wished that they could see that I mean we, we went to like the San Juan Islands and it was so pretty out there and wished that they were there to experience that with us but when we got home it was like five days later I, I got to go pick them up so it wasn't that that bad so but okay you know. I want to continue this conversation because I like it but I want to <laughs> just really quick we're talking to Jessica I'm, I'm gonna say this wrong is it Hoffemeyer you're close. It's Hoffheimer. Hoffheimer. I've never, mm-hmm. I've never said it right. And in my head, I've never, <laughs> you know, when you like read someone's name and you think it out loud in your head, like I've never yeah. said it out loud right. It's a hard last name. Like Hoffheimer. when I you know, fell in love with my husband, I was like, oh, that's going to be a hard one. <laughs> What's your maiden name? Meyer. Meyer. Okay. Yeah. Um, really easy. Four letters. <laughs> okay. So back to the kids though. Jess has three kids. Five weeks. Tell me what the camp is, though, because I'm interested in this for so, when yeah. get older, something like it's this. Really, it's really amazing. I never did anything like this before when I was a kid, but my husband actually went to the camp, and his sister went to the – he went to the boys' camp, and his sister went to the girls' camp. So they're called Mondamon and Green Cove, and they're in, the, in western North Carolina um, in the mountains near Asheville in this little tiny, tiny place that's, like, nestled in the woods. And it's really, like, what you – imagine like they they share a lake and you've got like the boys side and the girls side (laughs) um and they they have no like complete disconnect from any devices or electronics they do um things like kayaking and paddling and uh rock climbing hiking sailing like horseback riding if they want to it's a free choice camp so the kids can really like they, they're encouraged to try everything, but they get to sort of set, they set goals for themselves and things that they want to accomplish in different activities. And, um, you know, they're encouraged to like go outside their comfort zone and try 
different things. The cabins are really small, so there's only like five or six kids plus a counselor in each one. Um, and they, you know, really get to bond with the other people that they're living with. And they just like are in nature all the time. They get to go on like trips. So like my son, Will, he is 10 and he's really into sailing. And so he had set goals for himself. Like he actually got to go on like a solo lunch sail. Oh, (laughs) wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, there's like little, like little islands, (laughs) like off the lake and stuff. So he didn't go very far and it's not like they like let him go off like to some scary thing. Like they, Mm -hmm. they, you know, but, but it was like, it's encouraging like independence and setting these goals, you know, to, to do things. They're having an awesome time. My daughter sends like these long letters (laughs) with reports. And then Wills is like, you know, hi, it's Will. I'm having fun. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) but it's so cute there I can't wait to see them again (laughs) um I I love looking at your pictures of them and I you're you know you're at a you're at uh what are you you're like six seven years ahead of me or something like that and so (gasps) maybe yeah (laughs) you know it's I think as a mom of little little kids you look at Mm. I look at moms like you and I'm kind of like paying attention to the things that you're doing and stuff and man that sounds like a really awesome experience for your kids yeah, they are they are having a really good time. It's really cool. So, okay, <laughs> we met in person for the first time in Boston. Yes, it, um, I remember that. At that Wazell meetup, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I knew who you were, you knew who I was. Is that the only <laughs> time we've met in real life, though? Chicago when we did Sockney. Oh, um, twenty six strong. Yes. Yeah. Yes, duh. Yeah. I feel like I have met you more than that but I, I know think that, that, I think that's those it. are the only two times yeah but we bonded there too and I was t- I think mm-hmm. I was talking to you about how I love your I love the name Gus your third son yes, yes. <laughs> it um, kind of goes with your kid's name yes. like sort of old-fashioned uh-huh. like <laughs> yes I'm like obsessed with that but I want to talk to you about you know you're running and recently you're overtraining and all this stuff like mm-hmm. tell everybody in a kind of brief snippet like you're, I know, I don't know how brief you can get. I'm going to try. I want to get, I want to get into the like nitty gritty of the overtraining stuff. Yeah. 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 Your first marathon was like a five and a half hours, wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, I ran my first marathon back in 2000 in like five thirty six ish, I think something like that, but somewhere like around five and a half hours. Um, and so that was, I mean, I've done 19 of them since, like, that was the first of 19. Um, And for, like, probably the first several, I would say, like, eight or nine marathons, I kind of, they were all between four and a half and five and a half hours. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't always train. (laughs) Like, you know, I was, it was also during the time of, like, you know, meeting my husband, getting married, having kids, working full time, like, running was like it was like all this life with a little running on the side I loved running but it wasn't like I just didn't really educate myself really I always like just followed a training plan I found in a book maybe I didn't really follow it all that well and then I took um like a course to become a running coach but I wasn't really planning to actually coach people I just wanted to learn and when I went to that class, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I basically am doing everything wrong that anyone could do wrong. Like, 
like I could check pretty much every box. And so I was like, I'm excited to like implement some of these different things, you know, and, and see what I can do. Cause I kind of just had one gear. I always ran the same pace if I was running three miles or if I was running uh, 20 miles, like it was the same and didn't know anything about nutrition, nothing. I just did it all wrong. So, um, I, believed based on like my half time that I should be able to run like closer to a four hour marathon if I did it right. And so I was ready to do that. And then I found out that I was pregnant with Gus Mm. (laughs) and I was like, Oh, okay, well this might have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I, after he was born, I was like ready to like give this a shot and just kind of self-coached myself to, for that training cycle. And I decided about, I don't know, like three months into it, I would join this group at a a local running store where I lived. Um, they had like a group training program and I had had my sister had like inadvertently gotten me a client as a coaching client. She was, she met some person in like this other running club and she was like, my sister needs to coach you. She's a running coach. (laughs) And I was like, well, no, I've never done this before. Um, so I started coaching him and I was like, you know, I think I want to know what does it feel like to be coached as a runner. And so I joined this thing and I was like, I told the girl that was coaching that I was like, I think I can run a four hour marathon. And she just like, actually, and some of my friends, like they laughed. They're like, we all just thought you were so sweet. And we were like, poor Jessica. <laughs> she thinks she just had a baby, like her third baby. She is like a four, I think at the time my marathon PR was like four thirty five. Like, she's not going to run a four-hour marathon. Like, that's, you can't do that. And I just really looked at all the science of it, and I was like, no, I really can. And so I wound up running a half marathon in, like, 140-something, 143, I think, that September. And I was planning. Yeah, and, of course, like, I go, like, I, I know, right? So I go, and I look. And it was, like, in the middle of training. And so I didn't, like, taper for it or anything. So I go and, like, I plug all the numbers in, this calculator, and it's, like, tells me I could run, like, a 345 <laughs> marathon. And I was, like, see? <laughs> see? I can do it. And so it was, like, Labor Day weekend. And I was, like, I could, I could like, qualify for Boston. I needed a 345 to run Boston. And, um, no, I needed, I'm sorry, I needed a 340 to, to run Boston. And it was telling me I was like 345, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think I can do this. But the, the end date, like to get into Boston that year was like September. It's always like mid September. Right. And so I had like a week, mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert and Gus and I got in the car and we drove to Pennsylvania the following week for the Lehigh Valley marathon. And I tried to run that. <laughs> It was so stupid because, <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't trained fully, but I was like, oh, I think I can do it. And I it was horrible, of course. Like, I ran a four. I still PR'd by, like, 20-some minutes, but I ran, like, a 409 in Lehigh, and my stomach blew up, and it was terrible. What did and you I do with like, Gus during the race? Robert, Gus. So my mom watched the big kids, and Robert and Gus came with oh, me. Oh, Robert came with had, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came with me, and... <laughs> I tried. I tried my best. How <laughs> old was, was so Gus? Stupid. Um, he wasn't even a year old. He was okay. like maybe six, 
he was probably like almost seven months old at the okay. time. Okay. Since now that I know his half birthday is August 2nd and <laughs> September. So yeah. And so I was, and then, then I had my race that I signed up for Marine Corps was, I think like, you know, maybe six weeks later. And I, I was so sore after Lehigh, it was pretty hilly and I, and I beat myself up in the heat and I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to run my goal race now. Like I just felt like such an idiot, but I recovered and then I went to run Marine Corps and I missed my BQ by less than two minutes. Mm. So I still, I, I had a great race actually. Yeah. I just barely missed it. Um, and that kind of led, like, that was like the beginning of me, like just on this quest like, I am going to see what I can do here. And so I just chipped away. It was like that one. Then the next marathon I ran in 334. I qualified then. And then it went down to like 320 something and then down to 318 something. And then my PR now is 311. But all during that time, and actually that 311 was run in Boston when I met you. Was that the same year? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was the same year. So um I just like gradually chipped away at it and um that was all like self coaching. I felt like um, you know, I was implementing what I had learned and learned about my body and learned about training and just kind of chipped away at it. Um, and then I thought, okay, like I, cause even when I ran the three eleven in Boston, I, I was really trained. Like I ran a one twenty six half that March Is that and your PR? Had, that's my half PR. And I, I had horrible stomach problems. Like around mile 12, I stopped in an alleyway and you still in ran Capitol a yeah, I stopped. I had to go to the bathroom. I couldn't find a bathroom. I mean, it was terrible. And I remember reading so I lost, recap on that. Yeah, I wrote about it. Like, I I lost, like, a solid 90 seconds. I, I really think, like, if I, I, I had, it was a wonderful race until. until You're like, if I don't stop, I'm going to be the I mean, it it was, There was no way. Poop down my yeah. leg. Yeah, there was just no way, you know. And <laughs> I got to this point, like, with my training and my racing where I just, like, couldn't figure that peace out and I just dealt with it I just yeah. I mean like almost every single race report there's been like two of like that during the marathon progression like that I didn't have to ha have a, a stop for my bath like to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. and I just kind of like resigned myself to it like okay well this is just like part of my deal as a runner I'll just stop take care of it and keep going and so that's now I know that wasn't very smart, but that was just, I like, just was like, okay, well, I guess that's just part of Jess's run running. You know, if I'm going to push myself, I'm going to have to deal with that. And so, um, even in Boston, when I ran the 311, that was horrible. Like I really had a horrible time with my stomach, um, at that race. And, um, so fitness wise for both that, that half and marathon PR, I was probably physically trained to mm -hmm. break three. Mm -hmm. to, I really was. Like, if you did, if you looked at all the Oh, I remember looking at your it, training, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was, my training, like, it was there, but but something was really wrong. And so after Boston, like, when I crossed the finish line with that 311, I couldn't stand up straight. My stomach hurt so badly. I was basically in the fetal position for, mm -hmm. like, two days. I... My friend Megan, who I...
was with when I ran my first Boston and then again when I ran my second Boston, I was like curled up on the couch. They were going out to get a beer and like hang out and I, I couldn't go. I just, my stomach hurt too bad. And it was after that that I was like, I need, I need someone to help me. Like I can't, I can't do this. I, I don't have any problem like motivating myself. I know the principles of, of stress and recovery. I can do all that, but like I, I don't understand what's happening with my stomach. And so I hired a coach and I don't think I hired the right coach. Like in retrospect, I shouldn't actually say that because I learned a lot and I think it's made me a stronger, better person and runner and coach. But the road that I went down in that relationship, it was the 18 month long thing where I just, I really wanted, like, I'm a people pleaser Mm. and I didn't listen to my intuition. It was like, I, I said, I want to take a cycle off. Um, from the marathon I want to get this under control like my stomach and my health and and maybe get fat faster at the half and like take give my body a break you know and but I was still like running 18 mile long runs for half marathon training Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know there was a lot of like stress going on and I and I was really not healthy with my eating and how I was taking care of my body I didn't know, like, I, I was always afraid, like, to put something in my body before I ran because then I'd have more problems. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there was all this, like, talk about, like, glycogen depleted running and mm-hmm. all, you know, and I just, I really just, I just didn't know. I seemed to be able to get by running really fast and, like, just dealing with GI distress. I just ignored it, you know, and, I wound up like really getting to a place where like I was trained for New York City based on all like my training and everything I I felt like like my coach had me like pretty on target for a 305 marathon all my workouts indicated that that would be fine race day came my whole family was there Uh, we stayed with Michelle Gonzalez in New York it was so fun hi Michelle I know. Hi, she's probably listening. Hi. Um, we, we did, we stayed with them, the kids, it was Halloween weekend. We all went trick or treating together. It was so so much fun and Michelle wasn't running. So she and Robert and all three of my kids and one of her kids all came into the city and like, she knows New York, like the back of her hand, of course. And so she was like Robert's escort. Oh, fun. I saw them different places along the course and it was New York. It was so fun. And I had such, like, I felt really strong and I I was a little unsure of the race plan. Like it had me going out pretty fast, like Mm -hmm. right from the get go. And that isn't like typically how I execute my running. Um, but I followed the plan, you know, and I got to like mile, I think it was around mile 21. I saw Robert and Michelle and the kids and I just, stopped Mm. and I just started to cry and I hugged Robert I was like I I just didn't feel like doing it anymore Mm. and Michelle are you okay and I was just like I don't I I don't know it was like an emotional thing for me like I don't this isn't this isn't it was just like not it just just didn't feel right so I finished that race I think I wound up running a 325 Mm. Something like that. Maybe it was a 320. I know. I, I don't even know. Like, I, I was just like, well, I'm just going to enjoy this. Like, I'm in New York City. I slowed down. I just enjoyed it. But, I mean, I didn't even hear from my coach after that. You know, mm. it wasn't like, hey, you know, <laughs> I noticed you were on track and then something happened. Like, there was no. And so I was like, and 
And also, by the way, Robert took a new job in another state. He was supposed to start it the week of Thanksgiving, and this was, like, early November. And he was moving there before the kids and I were because it was, like, we had two of our kids were school age, and we didn't want to, like, rip them out. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that led, like, that led to a different lifestyle, like, single parenting with three kids working, trying to sell a house, buy a house, you know, all that stuff. And so life stress was definitely a factor at that point. And I just, I, I decided I was just gonna, I was already registered for Boston and I was like, I'll, I'll run Boston. I'm going to train for it. And it took about a month before I was like, just want to run Boston. I just want to run it and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to race it. I I left my Garmin at home on purpose. Like I just want to enjoy this race. And so that, I took like a solid training cycle. What I thought, and putting it in quotes, like off, but I was still oh. running, mm. you know, 60 miles a week Jeez. and training for a marathon. Like I was training for Boston, but I wasn't like, I wasn't real. I was kind of like doing whatever. Like I, I got really like running kind of took a back seat, but it was still like important to me. But I just, that is where I think, like, I thought the time, the 18 months with the coach that I don't think was the best fit for me, like, that was probably, like, it was all, it all topples on top of each other, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like, I can't say, like, one thing. Like, after that, I think it was a smart thing for me not to continue with that. But then when I was self-coaching through Boston and my family's major time of transition, I just like running, learning was therapeutic for me. Running was like, okay, well, this is what's kind of like my time to like disconnect from all the stress of trying to figure out our life right now. And then after that, I was like, after Boston, which was really fun, I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, I'll, um, you know, I'm ready to like hire a coach again and we're moving and and life is going to start to have a routine to it. And I'm ready to like see what I can do again. And then I got hurt. Mm. My foot, my foot started to hurt. So I had hired a new, I worked with Tani Prezak, Gibson now, she's married. I did contact her um, because I had been listening to Endurance Planet a lot and just really intrigued by, I just love her. I I, I felt like, oh my gosh, so great. Um, she's actually taking a break right now from hosting it, okay. I believe. Um, but, but she's awesome. And, and I could just like really relate to her. She had mm-hmm. been like super successful in her sport running in triathlon, but she'd gone down a path of like basically trading fitness for health. And so I, I that really resonated with me, that concept of like, okay, well I can be as fit <laughs> as possible, but you know, if you imagine like, you have a glass filled with fitness and you have a glass filled with health. Well, you're going to pour some of your health out of the glass mm-hmm. to be as fit as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I did that to like an extreme. And so I hired her because I knew she had experience helping people recover from overtraining. And I was pretty certain that that was the, that was what was happening with me. Cause I just, just lost the desire that I'd had to do the thing that I loved so much. And she 
she has been awesome. I definitely like had to face some pretty hard truths when I started working with her. Uh, and it was interesting because I started working with her at um, and I and I was like, okay, I'm ready to work with him. And like, I'm hiring her and all these like ducks are going to be in a row. And then um, my foot started to hurt. And I was like, why isn't my foot getting better? Like I'd never been injured during all this time when I was like, pushing myself to a, an extreme degree, like, why was I getting hurt now, yeah. you know? Um, and so I, it was, like, not an acute thing. It was, like, it was plantar fasciitis, which I know you Ooh. are familiar with. Yeah. So I had gotten blood work done with Inside Tracker. Okay. And it revealed that my ferritin was pretty low and like basically all the things that you might think that like an endurance athlete would not be like optimized on. It wasn't, nothing was like glare glaring. There was nothing that was like major red flags. But one thing that was interesting was that, um, with working with her, she helped me with my diet a ton and, and all my numbers went up. Like my ferritin, everything got to like this great place, but my cortisol was low. And I said to her, I was like, Tony, this is so cool. Like I am a rock star because my cortisol is low. Isn't that awesome? I don't know <laughs> so what, she what is your cortisol do. So your cortisol is like your stress hormone. Okay. It's like, um, okay. you know, most endurance athletes, like we push ourselves really hard and we get really elevated cortisol. Like okay. we're up, our bodies are like pushing or working. We, you know, your, your cortisol levels will rise as okay. a result of that and um we need cortisol because it's like the hormone that helps us run from a bear if like we're okay. scared right okay. like it's really important it also is really important for our healing that hence the cortisone shot mm-hmm. <laughs> like I never knew any of this until all I've been through but like cortisol is a it helps our bodies heal from injury and okay. inflammation and so we need we need it we need a normal healthy amount of it um, having it be too high can cause all kinds of problems, like disruptions to your sleep. You get, the list goes on. But yours was but low. Mine was low. And I thought, like, I knew, like, elevated cortisol, you know, would correlate with elevated stress. Mm-hmm. And stress is stress, whether it's because your family is in the middle of a move <laughs> or you're starting <laughs> a new job or you're training really hard your body like will produce more stress hormone. And so what happened with me is like, I saw the inside tracker results and I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm rocking it. Everything I'm doing is working. (laughs) We cool it all down and Tani, but I still felt like I felt like crap. I was like, I don't know why I feel bad, but you know, isn't this good? And she was like, you know, blood work is great, but it doesn't tell the whole story. I am actually, to me, that is making me think twice, like, why would your cortisol be low? And so she had me do a dried urine test. It sounds really disgusting, but you just like, you have to pee on like pieces of paper, just like you would for a pregnancy test. Okay. And you, it measures your hormones, like, um, your free cortisol. So I had a this test was ridiculous in some ways because you you have to do it like at a certain point in your hormonal cycle. Like I think it was between days 19 and 21 of my menstrual cycle. And then you have to take your urine sample at specific times of day. So like right when you wake up, you do it and then you do it a couple hours later and like you had to do it. It was like four or five times. And so I did it and it came back and it showed that 
my adrenals, which are your glands that are the hormone producing glands, um, were tired. Mm-hmm. It was just not adrenal fatigue. She was like, she because I got that information in September and I was so sad. I was like, what have I done to my metabolism and to my hormonal health? Like, I don't understand like how this happened. And she, and I was like, can I ever recover from this? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, my foot was hurting and I was really not sure what, why I wasn't getting better. Cause it had been like at that point, maybe a month of plantar fasciitis. And I just thought it just, it wasn't working for me. Like I just didn't understand. And this helped explain, she was like, now we know, now we know why you're feeling this way. Um, because without enough cortisol, like my body wasn't going to do the best job healing itself. Right. So, um, she put me on a protocol, like she's helped me like, So essentially with my, what she helped me with was that I also, during all that time when I was pushing myself a lot with my running, I developed all these autoimmune conditions. Like, I don't know if you remember, you saw, but like I started, I had like anaphylactic reactions Mm -hmm. to food. Like Mm -hmm. I got, you know, hives, skin hives, like it was all connected to my running. I had not put those, like I did not draw a line from running to autoimmune until I worked with Tani because she was like, no, 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 this is really common. Like people just don't talk about it that much. You know, it's very common when you're pushing your body to that degree, like your body's going to react. And Mm. part of what was happening was that my gut was so messed up. Like I had compromised the integrity of the lining of my gut because of the hard training I was doing that the good stuff couldn't stay in and get absorbed. And the bad stuff got into my bloodstream. Mm. in my body and so she like put me on I mean last year a year ago if you and I were talking like I would have it it would be a very different conversation I was Mm. taking all these different supplements to like heal my gut drinking bone broth every single day um a really like strict diet she had me on like I had to record everything I was eating for her which is very uncomfortable for me Mm -hmm. and she like analyzed it and then she gave me recommendations of things that I should be eating I wasn't eating enough and I thought I was eating so much like she had to help I had to like overhaul everything (laughs) that I was doing but as as we did that my body started to be able to absorb nutrients that it hadn't been able to to absorb. And I started to be able to tolerate foods that I thought I could never eat again and, and not feel bad from eating them. So she really, really helped me heal in that way. Walk back to like Boston 2014 when I met, when you ran the 311. Yeah. yeah. And you were clearly, you maybe didn't realize it at the time, but at the time looking back, you were over already overtraining then, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I was definitely like, teetering on an edge um what makes me really sad um and it's just sort of like makes me sad in general about our sport Mm. and some other sports too is like you know short term you don't see it Mm -hmm. you think I mean like even then like that I'm a like I I was after I had Gus like I started to lose the 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 pregnancy weight right and like gradually, you know, I just kept losing weight Mm -hmm. and I didn't like family and friends, they started to, to see that and think 
something didn't seem right. Like, Jess, are you okay? Like, you look really skinny. Mm -hmm. And I went to see my doctor for regular checkups. They noted my weight loss, but everything else I was rocking, like all the health things, blood pressure, you know, all that stuff. Everything looked great. I never lost my period ever. It was constantly like a clock. Mm. And I didn't have any stress fractures, bone, nothing was wrong. I just was really thin. Did you have a good, healthy relationship with food at that time? Or was that, do you think all that was was just the the overrunning? I think it was a combination. I, at that time, I definitely told myself it was because of the running. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, because I ate things, like, I I wasn't, uh, like, a health. I've always been like a healthy eater, I guess, but like I, I had been a vegetarian for probably 15 years at that time, with the exception of when I was pregnant with Will, because I craved a burger, <laughs> but I had that history of quirky relationship with food. I never was like ever diagnosed with an eating disorder or anorexia, anything, but I, I definitely had a pattern that would resurface in my life during times of stress. So, like, in high school, I lost a lot of weight during a stressful time. Then it went back to, like, a normal healthy weight. But I never had any help, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, and then in in college, close, close friend died very tragically. The pattern resurfaced. Um, After my parents got divorced, they were married for 35 years. Mm -hmm. That was, like, really painful time. Yeah. The pattern resurfaced. It it was never like to this degree where I was like skin and bones, Mm -hmm. but I definitely like my relationship with food and I think just people in general, like some people can be more like that relationship of food and body can be something that is, it's so intimately connected with how we live our lives and how we handle our emotions. And so I've never like, I was on a calorie counter or any, I don't know, I couldn't even tell you how many calories were in anything. Like I, it's never been that kind of thing, but like from a behavioral standpoint, yeah, if I'm really, really, really upset and I'm having a hard time, I avoid, (laughs) I avoid really getting in touch with those emotions. And then I also avoid like, eating mm-hmm. not because I'm like it's about food but because I you know that's just like how I'd handle it like oh I can't deal so I'm gonna so deal it wasn't with it necessarily way. like you wanting to change your body it was just no you reacting to stress mm-hmm. no it was my reaction to stress and my, actually uh, in retrospect like so the people that would um say things to me mm-hmm. were like mm-hmm. I have three sisters I mean hello they know right. me like sometimes better than I know myself, um, and, and my mom, and some good, like, amazing dear friends, some of whom, like, expressed their concern for me, and I, I interpreted it as jealousy, like, uh-huh. no, you're uh-huh. just, you know, like, sure. that person doesn't, doesn't get it, but no, they loved me, and they were concerned about me, and I would be, like, I would be able to, like, say, but, but look, like, I haven't lost my period, like, look, I'm not injured, look, I, you know, and I just, and I'm happier than ever, I'm stronger than ever, like, I just, I mean, and it went on for, like, I mean, I stayed at a weight that, I mean, got, when I, when I look at pictures now, and I see myself from that time, it makes me very sad because 
I didn't have, like, I have one photo that I actually keep on my phone of me with my daughter. Um, I just, I mean, my arm is smaller than hers. And I think she was nine. Mm. And, um, I sent her to camp and I sent her with some shorts that fit me this year. I sent her with some shorts that fit me during that time. that time. Like, yeah. I mean, I just, I can't, oh, but I just didn't know. It was not, I don't think anybody ever sets out to, to do that to themselves or to the people that they love. And I just really didn't know how to take care of myself. And, and what makes me sad about it on top of it with running, cause I love running so much, but I think, you know, you're kind of rewarded in the short term in the sport mm-hmm. for sure. that. Like I was faster and I, you know, oh my gosh, like the comments people was, oh, I, you look like you have three kids. Oh my gosh. Like it was always like, it drew attention, mm-hmm. you know, it felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the decision to get healthy, like I knew, I knew that if I wanted to be healthy, I was going to need to be comfortable with my body changing in a, in a different way and potentially my running changing in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's helped me grow a lot because, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not, you know, I mean, I want to prove, I want to prove to myself and to others who might struggle with this kind of thing that like, you know, I wasn't the kind of runner that I was because I had lost that weight, Mm -hmm. but rather in spite of it, Mm -hmm. um, and that I have a stronger, faster running ahead of me, um, from a healthy place. I don't know. I don't know because I'm not willing to sacrifice um, the person that I believe I can be in order to be the runner. I believe I can be like, I, I'm not willing to do that. I, that was not a happy time in my life and coming to the place that I'm at now, like I've worked so hard (laughs) that I can't imagine, you know, ever, like, I don't want that pattern to repeat itself in my life ever again. Do you have hopes to run? Like to run a three eleven marathon uh, again? I don't know. I don't really think about. I don't really think about the time necessarily. Yeah. So I started this fall. Um, I started to see a therapist to help me. I went in and I. I was like, okay, I just, I need help. Like I, I'm forty one at the time. I was forty. I'm like I. I need. I don't want this to repeat itself. Like when I'm sixty. When I'm seventy. Like I don't. I don't mm-hmm. want this pattern. Like, have you ever heard that saying? We repeat what we don't repair. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally believe it. <laughs> so yeah, I just don't want it true. to come up. So I went to see, I went to see this therapist and I, like I walked in and I, and I, and we started talking and she's like, you know, do you have any questions about how this works? And I was like, well, can I get better? Like, I don't, I don't know if I believe that people recover, you know, or if we just like replace. Cause I think that I replaced like when, when I was running like that and that, in that way, like kind of replaced other disordered behaviors with that like in running kind of it was like under this guise of like health and fitness you know and I was like or do we just trade like it's a coping mechanism right like I was using running as a stress release and as a management tool for like you know being you know in a stressful time in my life and of course like the eating disorder kind of fed that like they they fed each other um but I was like do I just like replace this with another (laughs) Mm-hmm. another behavior and she and I was like and I and I said to her I was like I feel like I'm 40 years old like I should uh-huh. I like I should be I know like cognitively like logically I should be able to do this and she said 
she was like, okay, stop shooting yourself. Mm. <laughs> I think I, I said that a lot, you know, and I love that because it just makes me laugh. But, um, she was like, I have people come in here who are like, you know, 75 years old and they don't know, they don't have this down. So it's okay. You know, I'm proud of you for being here yeah. and taking yourself here. Um, and so she was like, we just kind of give you a better tool bag. Like if you think about like, these are my cope, these are like my things that I can go to to like help myself when I'm having a hard time. Like we're going to put healthy things in that bag, you know, like better tools. So she's done like cognitive behavioral therapy with me. And I mean, it's been like life changing. I really am glad that I decided to see her. <laughs> I've heard really good things about cognitive behavioral therapy, and I've oftentimes thought about doing it in terms of, like, my issues that I have with fear. Like, I always have mm-hmm. struggled with the fear of, like, a getting cancer and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I know that's yeah. like, that those are things that everybody kind of thinks about a little bit sometimes, but, like, to a point where it was, like, disrupting my life, you know? Um, yeah. And so I've never done it, but I always talk about it. And I, and I think it's interesting what you say about going in there and being like, I'm a 40 year old woman. Like why, you know, like I don't want this to happen when I'm 60, but I think we become adults and then we've been adulting for, I hate it when people use that word. I shouldn't have said that (laughs) adulting, but we've been, we've been doing this for a while now and we're thinking, okay, I'm to this age. I should be at this far along in this like mental process, but Man, I even, and this is just a small example, um, and she won't listen to this because she doesn't listen to the podcast, but, like, my mom, for instance, she's yeah. she's 55, and yeah. I know for sure that there are some body image issues that she struggles with based on things that she says, and it makes me so sad to think of being a 55-year-old woman looking at my body in the mirror and not feeling content and satisfied and still be going through those demons but yeah totally well and then take it to another level so so my mom is the same thing and I think that um you know I don't know I think we when we're raised by that was another thing too like because I have a daughter right Mm -hmm. and my boys too like I want them I want to be a good example for them and I want to be able to be present with them and I think that when we're tangled up in our anxieties and in our our issues with how we feel about ourselves and how we're handling things our kids see that you know Mm -hmm. and we're less able to be with them and my my mom so my mom of course like my whole life like this is just how she coped right and she had some major stresses that I didn't know about um when I was a kid but yeah she had disordered eating as a way of handling that and like it was always um you know we were only diet coke was in our house mm-hmm. and like we the snack wells the cabbage soup diet the atkins diet like constantly so i was kind of raised with that and and my mom like still she still struggles with that she's she means so well she's 72 mm-hmm. and last year my mom fell she has a neuropathy so um she gets like tingling in her feet and sometimes they don't, she can't, she can't feel them as well. And so she'll trip a lot and she fell and she shattered her arm, like her whole arm, the bones in her arm just shattered. And so she had to have a rod put in her arm and uh, an elbow joint made out of like a bolt and screws. And the doctors were like, you know, they talked about osteoporosis and, you know, my mom, 
loves us and her 10 grandchildren with all her heart. And she is the kind of person that would love to like, you know, just go on all kinds of adventures with her, her grandchildren, but physically she is not able. Mm. And that is where like, I, when that happened, like it really struck me inside was like, no, 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 like you need to take care of your body so that when you're older, you can do the things yeah. you want to do, you know? And I think too, like, I, so, and I teach Pilates and I love, I love, love it so much. And the people that I work with matter so much to me. And there's one woman who I work with who has a knee replacement and she, um, has her first grandbaby was born within the last six months. And when I asked her, like, what are her goals with working with me? She was like, well, I just, I want to be able to get on the floor and play with my mm-hmm. granddaughter. And, you know, she told me, she was like, she's been really active. Like she played tennis, she played basketball, both competitively. She's like, I just kind of abused my body for my sport. And now she's kind of paying for it. And so when I I think about that and like nutrition is such a huge part of that, like we need to put healthy things in our body and take care of them. We need to move our bodies. We need to push our bodies. We need to take us ourselves outside our comfort zone in order to be stronger and like to face those fears. Like it, it's so awesome, but it's not like being extreme all the time. That's not going to get like us far mm. in our lives. <laughs> not really. Like to me, I would much rather now like be more moderate about that. Mm-hmm. I still, I do. I do. Like there is definitely this competitive side in me that's like, mm, I would like to run a 310. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would like to run a 310 because I want to show myself and everyone else that no, you do not have to push yourself to this extreme in order to be your best. Mm. Your best, like to me, so I'm always about like, okay, like I hate the term personal best right now when I see my marathon that's next to it because that was my best time but it is not my personal best. Like I have not run my personal best yet. And so I'm, I want it to correlate. I want to stand tall and say to everybody out there, like, no, like we can be our best, our best time and our personal best can be the same. But I think we see all these images of people out there who are running these crazy sick workouts and their arms are ripped and they're counting every calorie and they're counting every step and they're pushing themselves to these extremes that we think that that's what we need to do if we're going to be our best. And we don't know what's going on in that person's life. I mean, when I was, when I was 25 pounds lighter than I am right now and running crazy fast times, I was praised for it all over the place on social media. Yeah, you're doing so good. That's so fast. Yes. And I didn't say actually like, (laughs) I don't think I'm in a very good place. I didn't say that. I didn't. I even acknowledged it within myself. I wasn't lying. I just was not aware. Right then at that that, time, yeah. No, I wasn't. I don't, and so when I see, like, that kind of stuff on on social media now, I'm, like, I'm not looking at those people and thinking, like, oh, you idiot, you liar, Mm -hmm. you're so, I know that they're just not well, like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't well, and that makes me sad, because I think it's, like, we're not putting a stop to it, like, there are people out there, and and some of them are young girls, and they're going to see that and think, like, wow, that person's so amazing, because they are running like this, and doing that, and, like, look how great they look, and this ideal, but they don't know that person could be in debt, that person could be 
having a really messed up marriage. They could have problems with their friendships. They could have, they could have an eating disorder. They can, I mean, you don't know, like Mm -hmm. there's so many things and, ah, so yeah, I want, I want to be able to, to, to be that example. Um, I want to believe it for myself, but I, I have to be okay with the fact that maybe my personal best doesn't mean that it, maybe my time isn't going to be as fast as it was, but I think my best running is still ahead of me. Well, it just depends on how you define it, I guess. No, that's a real, I've never thought of the definition that way. And I really like that. And it is so true. Like you were saying in those pictures, like at that time, you didn't realize you were in that hole. No. And a lot of people don't realize that, that are going through it right now. And they, and no. oftentimes it's something like having a baby or like a big life change where you're forced to do something different and you look back and you're like, whoa, what the heck was mm-hmm. I doing? You know? Yeah, it's true. So, so what would you good. say, what would you say <laughs> is one of like the biggest pieces of knowledge or advice that you've taken from uh tawny with your working with her with your nutrition Mm. and stuff well i mean she's given me advice on a lot of different levels i think that um you know some of it's very practical like from a nutritional standpoint Mm -hmm. um but what i really love from her is that she's taught me how like important it how like integrated all our health is it's not just like about fitness um you know she's taught me the importance of like like when she was having me go on this healing protocol she was like put your feet on the earth breathe outside like do these you know Mm. like our bodies are like these living beings and like you sometimes like think of it as like a almost like a computer like you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like but so she really helped me see like from a more holistic standpoint like how to feel good in my life and like this is how I take care of myself Mm -hmm. um so I would feel I feel like that's you know and and she does uh, her faith in me that like no there's some good stuff ahead you know because we've taken all this time to like really do the work to focus on healing so I love that from her too is like she just she does believe that I have some some strong stuff ahead of me from an athletic standpoint oh, awesome. like it, yeah. you know so that makes me feel good cuz re- overtraining it I think a lot of people don't necessarily really come back to mm-hmm. running from it because it it really knocks you down yeah. in your heart you know you feel like cuz you did it to yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and you didn't mean to um I didn't ever want to do that. And so, you know, coming to that place of like emotionally being like, okay, well maybe I just like put that aside. Cause like today I did a hard run. It was like a threshold run. And the paces that I ran for the hard part of my run were like slower than my marathon, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, Oh yeah. But I have to see everything as a victory now because Mm -hmm. a year ago, like I couldn't run. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm not in a, and I was like on a downward trajectory for a while. And so I think from Tawny, like just her helping me see that like, no, like I can do this and like really take care of myself. I'm having a lot more fun with my running than I have ever before. That's awesome. And you recently posted a picture in a bathing suit and then somebody criticized you and then you, you kind of like came out and talked about that. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 so when I, when I hurt my foot, so I had plantar fasciitis, right. And then I wound up getting a cortisone shot because my doctor who I really entrusted here, he's an orthopedist that is a runner, like a Boston runner. He was like, I think we've reached the point you need cortisone. And when he put the cortisone in my foot, it tore my fascia. Oh, the cortisone tore it? The cortisone tore my fascia. I don't know. I mean, I think it's happened before, but I think I was just like one of those special people. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) I know. So it it partially tore it. Like the MRI prior, there was no tear. Mm. And then afterward, look what we have, a tear. And my body, like, it tried to heal the tear with scar tissue as our bodies mm-hmm. do. But what mm-hmm. my body is, my body made like a special, <laughs> a special ball of scar tissue around the tear. So my, the doctor I wound up with is an osteopath at Duke university and he described it as a scar ball. Oh, I mean, gosh. it was kind of hilarious. Like it was very unique. I was an interesting case, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my body did. It formed like this ball of scar tissue around the tear and that pressed on a nerve and I was in constant pain like I couldn't go for a walk without my foot hurting oh my like gosh. I couldn't so I, I sent one of my friends a text one day I was like where is the plantar fasciitis parking <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like, <laughs> I'm like hello like we need special injured running injured runner parking spaces right. yeah because <laughs> like just going to the grocery store sucked and I was like oh my gosh but um you know I kept seeing certain doctors and they'd be like well it's just plantar fasciitis you know just deal with it it'll go away eventually so it felt kind of like a wimp but the fact was I I didn't like even the thought of trying to run because it hurt so bad and so I started to swim and oh my gosh I love swimming I was not a swimmer before and it has talk about facing your fears right? right like yeah yeah so but for the longest time like I would go swimming and I learned I had amazing coaches um I joined a master's group when They've been awesome. But my class that I go to, like, they're all wearing, like, fins and stuff. And I couldn't wear them because of my oh, foot. Yeah. Like, that, putting that on my foot would just kill it. It would cramp up. And so I just didn't wear them. And that day that I posted the picture of myself in the bathing suit, <laughs> I was, like, a little kid. I was so happy because I could wear my fins for the <laughs> first time. And I took, I stood, like, on the edge of the pool. And I was taking a picture of my feet and the fins. And my coach was, like, well, let me take a picture of you, like, just your feet, you know, like, I kind of get made fun of, because I'm always, like, taking pictures. Oh, I know, it's embarrassing, yeah, you're like, oh, will you take a picture, but you like. I'm like, yeah. I 100% understand what you're saying right there. So, he took a picture of me, and I was like, yay, I don't know if you saw it, but I'm like, it's nerdy, like, you know, it was like 7 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, basically the swimsuits that you wear to go swimming, they're not, like, you know, fashionable. Super fashionable. And, you know, but I didn't even think about it, to be honest with you. Like, I've reached such a point in my recovery and my relationship with myself and my body that, like, I I didn't even think about it. Like, I, I he took the picture. I do remember, like, seeing it after I took it, and I was like, eh, like, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I'm so happy. Like, I'm just going to post it anyway. Right. Like, I'm not that vain. And so I did it, and... Anyway, yeah, someone was like, you should not be uh, posting yourself. You should get off the internet, basically, is what it was like. You know, that's, like, it's sad how my body has changed um, and how I've basically let myself go. Oh, my god! And so, yeah, I mean, it really sucked. I called my sister. I was crying. I was just like, okay, I'm in a good place, but maybe I'm not, like, 
I've no no one has ever like at least that I'm aware of. I've not had to deal with that kind of jerky like stuff. Yeah, I know. Like Dorothy is a really good friend of mine, and and she's been through the ringer with oh, people like totally. that. I yeah. I saw you had someone. People have been saying mean things for you. Like I don't understand that at all. And but I had not been a victim of it before, mm-hmm. and so I. I, and my sister, of course, like my family has really been so helpful to me as I've been on this path, like of trying to get myself healthy. And, um, you know, I was like, I don't know if I'm strong enough to like handle people being mean, like, right. Right. <laughs> you know, like I just don't, I was afraid that, um, you know, it would trigger in me, like going back down that road of like seeing myself in a, in a negative way and, you know, having unhealthy patterns of coping with, with that. Um, but it didn't, <laughs> I felt like I was like, okay, like I have really good people to sur- I'm surrounding myself with who mm-hmm. I know love me. And you know what? Like I-, I was talking to one of my close friends who isn't at all. Like she's actually like an executive at IBM. She doesn't even, she has no idea what this whole running world thing <laughs> is, <laughs> but she's a dear friend of mine. We were sitting by the pool the next day and we we're talking about it. And Gus was at swim practice. This were her kids. And, I was like, I just, I'd been like thinking on it and like journaling about it when, when I could like that throughout that day, just like trying to get my feelings out for myself. And my friend was like, you need to share that. And she was like, I'm going to take a picture of you just like you are right now. Mm -hmm. And I was in my bathing suit. I was like, okay. This time it was like a much cuter bathing suit, but. Yeah, the the white and black stripe one. The athletic one. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. But yeah, so I, that, so I posted that and I was like, so, I mean, I will tell you like the, for, so the post, the original one of me in my swimsuit with the fins on got so much like, um, engagement. Like when I looked at the insights on that, on Instagram, it was like in the, I think it was like in the top two or three posts that I'd done in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, are people making fun of me? Like, is that girl mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, are people, am I like, am I like, is my weight gain the elephant in the room? And all of these people are mm-hmm. going and looking at it and being like, look at this girl. She was a 311 marathoner. She was so strong and thin. And now she's fat and she's low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was what went in my head. And I talked to some good friends and my sisters and they're like, no, people are looking at it because it is a joyful picture. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. real picture. They love seeing that you've gotten to this place. You're wearing fins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, people aren't looking at it. And if they are looking at it, like and saying things like that girl, then who cares? Like who cares about them? Cause they're wrong yeah. and they're mean. And so when I posted the second picture, I was like, oh my gosh, like it, like I know, I don't know. I mean, I don't have posts that like get thousands and thousands of comments and likes and all that stuff. Like, and that one is by far. Yeah. Something. Okay. Yeah. It was like over a thousand. Yeah. A lot. People commented and I just, the nicest things. And I wanted to reply to every single one. And I was just like, so blown away by that. And I was so glad because I wound up writing a blog post Mm -hmm. because I had, more to say. And I just thought, okay, well, I'll just like link to that. And, you know, it just was, I was really thankful for that because I feel like, well, that's a pot that makes me like feel better about humanity. Cause yes. <laughs> I, felt, 
I felt like, you know, I see a lot of times, like I see things that I think are pretty, like my intuition tells me it's pretty unhealthy and it's getting so much praise. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. you know, it makes me mad because I'm like, no, I just don't think that that's healthy. And I have a different like standard now. Like I see things that maybe I would have, the me of three years ago would have thought were awesome. But the me of now is like, hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's extremes in both directions, by the way. Like, I I actually really don't – I'm not a big fan of, like, this whole, like, you know, I have Nutella for breakfast and I'll eat cupcakes and ice cream all day and woo-hoo, who cares? Like, right, right. look at me and my sports bra. Like, I don't I don't like that either. Right. I'm like, well, right. that's There's just a like you're just rebelling yes. against – another extreme with this one and that isn't health it's not healthy to have yes I mean yes have I mean you can be healthy and have chocolate every single day I firmly believe that (laughs) but to to like have that as your fuel for like if you really want to take the best care of yourself like that isn't going to be what you're toting as healthy Mm -hmm. I don't think we can do both so I have a hard time with that yeah Yeah, like doing a little bit of both is probably like our best answer right Hey guys, before I continue my conversation with Jessica, I wanted to remind you to check out that Kind Snacks promo we're doing. Go to kindsnacks.com slash another, and for $10, you can get a sample box delivered to your door, and you'll thank me for that when you open your front door and you see that pretty little box sitting on your front porch. That's kindsnacks.com slash another. And before we get back to Jessica, you guys, tickets for the live show are on sale you can get them at lindsayhine.com. We are running the Indie Women's Half Marathon. It's a fast, it's a flat course, and it's Saturday, September 30th. I am pacing the 140 group. Whether you're running 140, two hours, two and a half hours, whatever you're doing, come run this race and then celebrate right downtown Indianapolis at Pan Am Plaza with myself and returning guests, Michelle Gonzalez, Mary Johnson, and Maggie Dials. We are going to have a panel that is going to have you laughing. It's going to have you feeling good. And we're going to have some delicious wine and beer and desserts and appetizers. It's just going to be a really fun way to celebrate a great weekend. So grab a girlfriend or two or three or four or whatever. We are capping the event. So if you grab too many, I don't know if there'll be room. Um, But make sure you grab your tickets soon before the event does sell out. So go to lindsayhine.com, check it out in the show notes, and get your tickets today. All right, let's continue my conversation with Jessica. I, I told you about this in my email, but I'm working with a woman who has ALS. Yes, let's talk about that. And uh, I wanted to talk about that, and I feel like this is a good segue because if you talk about the body, like, so ALS just for people that don't know what it is, it's a neurodegenerative disease where the brain stops being able to tell the muscles to move. So gradually, and actually like most people only live two to five years um, after their diagnosis, the, the person becomes paralyzed essentially. Like they cannot move and then eventually like they cannot breathe and they die. Cognitively, they're completely there the whole time. Mm. And, so Andrea, my student, my dear friend, she was diagnosed at the age of 33 with ALS, mm. and she had just finished a triathlon, a half Ironman, not long before her diagnosis. She started to notice some weird things, and 
It took a it takes a while sometimes for people to get diagnosis. People don't want to give it because it's horrible, right? Um, but anyways, she eventually was diagnosed with that, and she her mom actually came to my Pilates studio to inquire about it. And long story short, uh, I am teaching Andrea and her mom side by side Pilates, and Pilates like it is a very therapeutic system in that it helps keep the body, like the, keep those connections. So it helps train healthy movement patterns. So helping to have f- proper firing patterns, proper movement patterns what, with whatever you do in your life. And then of course it can translate into sport, like with running, which is something I love about it for runners. But with Andrea, you know, her body is slowly losing these connections. And so we can work on the reformer and with other pieces of apparatus to align her and take the load. Like she doesn't have to stand up. She can lay down mm-hmm. on the reformer and do the work. But she has decided that she's going, she's, she's been diagnosed now um, for over three years. And she's decided she's using her time and her energy and her purpose to be participating in the research and to raise money and awareness for progressive research to find a cure for ALS. So, um, you know, this woman has already survived three years since her diagnosis. Um, Two to five is typical. And she is like still doing races Mm. in a recumbent trike to raise money for a foundation that she created uh, to, to find a cure. So she's amazing. Well, she and I are, I'm going to run my half marathon goal race in the fall for her foundation. And she'll be doing the full on her trike. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, she came with me and one of my running friends, Elizabeth, and we did a, she rode her trike and the two of us ran while she did it. And I mean, I just like, I love this person so much. And she like, she needs assistance to stand up. Mm. She had to use a walker. She can't, like, talking, like, especially if she's emotional, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, like, her body is slowly shut down so much more than her body. Like, it's like this weird dichotomy because part of me is like, okay, love your body. Take care of your body. Appreciate your body. Your body keeps you here. It. You need, the, the better you take care of it, the longer you'll be here if you are lucky not to get some kind of horrible diagnosis like that. So live it out. Take care of it. Live your life, make your choices so that you can be here for a long time. Right? Yeah. (laughs) But also know that you are so much more than what that body can do. You are so much more than what that body looks like. I mean, hello, who cares what you look like in a bathing suit when if you are healthy. Right. If you are healthy and your body is going to be at whatever race, like weight it is, okay. If you know better, you know in your heart. Like, even when I was that far from what I was doing to myself when I was 30 pounds lighter than I am, I knew something wasn't right. Everyone who loved me was concerned about me. You think I didn't, like, wonder if maybe we were right? Yeah. You know? Like, you know. Inside your heart, inside your gut, you know. Not, your journey will be what it is. But if you can just take a second and recognize how blessed you are that you have a body and that it is working and it is your it is a gift you have that you can take care of it when I when I was I don't know if this happened to you with my plantar fasciitis I went to see a uh, PT and he was like can you press your big toe in the floor and lift your other four toes up and the reverse press 
put your little toes in and lift your big one up. Have you ever tried to do that? Yeah, it's really hard. I, I can't really do it. <laughs> right? Okay. So I so when my PT told me to do the one where I press my big toe in and lift mm-hmm. the other four toes up, I literally could not do it. Like, yeah. I looked at my foot, and I looked him in the face, and then I looked at my foot, and then I looked him in the face, and I said, are you kidding? Like, this is Jedi mind tricks. I, I said I said that. I was like, this is like, I, I'm not a Jedi. Yeah. I could not will my foot to do what he was telling it to do. I had to press my big foot, my big toe down with my fingers and then lift the other ones up. And yeah. he just told me practice that. Like that, we're going to be training. We're doing the neuromuscular patterning, which is what we do in Pilates. Like we're training the brain to talk to the muscle to tell it to move. We're creating a healthy pattern. And you need to just be patient. And you need to do it every day. And he gave me all these toe exercises I had to do every day. Well, I mean, I can do it now. I mean, I had my family. I was like, look, oh, my gosh, look what we can do. Like, we had, like, a, basically a party when I figured out how to do that. Yeah. Andrea can't. That's what's happening in Andrea's body, like, all over. Yeah. Like, her whole body. She can't. Like, we did something the other day. Um, there's a piece of equipment in the studio called the chair. And you there's a pedal. And you press the pedal down. And, like, I, 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 I sometimes with her, it's like, okay, well, I want to try something and see if you – you can do it, you know, and then mm-hmm. we'll go from there. And sometimes she can, sometimes we're like, mm, okay, we'll find something else to do, you know? And, but like the other day she did this exercise on the chair where she was pressing the pedal down and lifting it up. And I mean, I just like wanted to cry. Cause it's, you know, it's like, you're mm-hmm. these things we take for granted. Like yeah. I can put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. It takes me maybe three minutes to jump out of bed, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth. Like, Right. She needs help to do that. And, you know, she was just like us. She had just gotten married. She did a triathlon. She and her husband were planning a family. And then this happens. So, I don't know. It's just changing my whole, like, appreciation and how I want to take care of myself and what running should be. Like, I don't I, – I do enjoy pushing myself, and I intend to do that, but not to the – Ever, 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 ever again to the detriment of my health or, like, the long-term vision of who I want to be as a person. I, I'm i not going to do 100-mile weeks where I feel too tired to, like, go hang out and play in right. the cold sack with my kids. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I just, it's not worth it to me. I think, you know, we can, it's very easy to get, to get caught up in those extremes thinking that it is what is that that extreme is the best that we can get out of ourselves. And it just isn't, it just isn't. No. So I don't know. Well, and it's just one piece of your life too. And if you do that, you won't have energy to do those things. And right. And and to sacrifice, I mean, it's silly, but like, Oh, I have to go to bed at a certain time on Friday because I have to get up at five 30 and run on a Saturday. No, like Mm -hmm. you don't have to do those things. We choose to do those things. It's a choice. We make choices every day. Yep. Um, well, you know, totally. I talked to, um, we, I talked about Andrea on this podcast one time. You did? Yes. Oh. Um, you'll have to listen to the episode. It's with, uh, Alicia DeFabio and okay. she is the author of a book called Women Who Try and oh. there is a chapter on Andrea. Oh my gosh. I don't yeah. even think Andrea told me that. For real? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll have and to talk to her about that. <laughs> I, when I was prepping for Alicia's interview, my friend Chrissy was also in the book and she said, 
if you have time to read like three of the small stories, make sure you read Andrea's story. Andrea. So oh, I did. oh okay. yeah, I know. And so it's kind of, that almost feels like the small full, world. Yeah. Like full circle in a way, like, cause I had never wow. heard of Andrea. Um, and you know, gosh, ALS, it's such an awful disease. My Sucks. mother-in-law has, um, a disease called MSA, which is, okay. Multiple system atrophy, which is very similar to ALS in what happens to your body. Basically, everything's shutting down, and she's mentally there, but she can't physically. I mean, at this point, my mother-in-law, she's on a feeding tube. She's on oxygen. Um, she's, she, does, she cannot Aww, really sorry. get up and move or anything. It's a little bit of a later onset, though, because she's, um, she's 64. Um, okay. But... Anytime someone talks about ALS, mm. everything they yeah. say is just like mirrors what she's going through with yeah. MSA. In oh. a lot of ways, it's not the exact same, but it's a neurological disease. But I always think about that because I'm like with Andrea, because my mother-in-law is 64 and mm. this started happening about four or five years ago. And okay, I'm just like. Not thank God that it's happening now, but, like, thank God it didn't happen to her when she was 33 and she got to experience her kids growing right. up. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. It's hard either way, but it's just. Yeah. Andrea's so young. She's so young. She's so young. And and she's, I mean, honestly, like, she's just an amazing person. Amazing person. Such a fun person. Like, I. It's it's so interesting because when we write to each other, like we'll text and email mm-hmm. about stuff, and like she and she, I don't know if you've ever read her blog. She's an amazing blog, I amazing, to, amazing, no, amazing. I you need to, to go read it. it. Okay, go read it. Like I know you don't have tons of time for that, but like if you are just like looking to read something that's gonna just suck you in, like read what she's writing because okay. it's so beautiful. And she works with a writing coach, and she she just is an amazing writer. Um, it's amazing, but so she writes really beautifully and eloquently and it's you know like we've had like long conversations on email and text and then when I see her in person you know sometimes I'm like listening to her talk and I'm like okay I think I got like 90% of what she said and I think I got it you know and I you know and like we have these great conversations in real life but it's just so different you know like because she can't talk as mm-hmm. fast or yep. as much. And, like, when we were out on our run and ride, like, she was talking to me. But I, I was, like, running and I couldn't really hear her. And she's yeah. riding fast. And I was like, do you want me to stop? Because I would probably need to, you know, in order yeah. to really get. And she was like, no, 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 it's good. But, like, communication it is so, it's so cool. Because sometimes, like, you know, when we're just together, like, we don't talk as much. But so much is conveyed. Mm-hmm. And then when she writes to me, it's like, wow, like there's all these other thoughts and ideas in her head, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, she's just, in, she's incredible. She's working very hard to change the future for others who get this disease, that's amazing. Um, you know, and that's her choice. She doesn't, she doesn't need to do that. She yeah. could just enjoy being with her husband and her mom and dad and her friends and and just try to be better, like feel better every day. Yeah. And and she's doing that plus all this fundraising and, and she goes and speaks at things and she is just really works hard to, she participates in these studies. Like it really blows my mind. 
So my sister, my sister's father died of ALS or father-in-law. What am I saying? Okay. <laughs> we have the same father. Um, <laughs> her father-in-law died of ALS. Uh, I guess maybe like almost three years ago now, maybe longer. He, it was a few years ago. He got ALS and um, his progression was really fast and mm. it was so painful and just awful. And went to, I told her I'd heard about Andrea prior cause there's a race here called the RDC and, and it's the new full and half marathon. And the charity sponsor is Andrea's um, foundation team Dre. And I had told Jody about it cause I was like, look, there's this girl, isn't she amazing? And so like it was months later when her mom came to me oh in the Pilates gosh. studio and I was like, wait, that's your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so cool. And so, yeah. So Jody and I are together going to be doing the fundraising for Andrea's foundation and um it's Jody's a Pilates teacher also she's like the reason that I became a Pilates teacher and so um it's just really cool that we're you know things happen for a reason and we get to kind of help tell Andrea's story from our our standpoint too well, you know and I will put the link to that the fundraising site thank in the you shows. yes for sure and Andrea, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> I'm sure she will. Yeah. I'm sure she will. Hi. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> um, we are inspired by you for sure. Yeah. Well, okay. Time. I hate to get to the end of the podcast question. I know. I hate it. And I knew 100%. I was like, I this conversation, I was like, I'm going to have to cut it off at like two hours because I just, I knew it would be so easy for us to talk. Um, so and that's just how it goes, especially when you're interviewing someone that you actually like kind of really no, know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But okay, we have to get, I know, and there's other things we're going to have to do like a second episode or something. Okay. <laughs> for okay. sure. For sure. What's something you'd like to do professionally or personally that you haven't done yet? Oh my gosh. Um, <sighs> there's so many things. I don't know. I haven't answered that one like with just one, but okay. I think, um, I really want to feel like I'm making a difference for others with just helping as a Pilates teacher. I want mm-hmm. to do that more movement and through running coaching and, and Pilates, I want to help change people's lives to have it be about health and being your best self with, you know, keeping everything in mind. Keeping the know. personal <laughs> best as a whole yeah. in mind, not just a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's good. What's an accomplishment you're most proud of? Well, of late, it's just coming back from mm-hmm. this overtraining thing and not not sticking my tail between my legs and deciding that I was, like, just going to give up. Yep. So. Okay, so what if you had one message to send to the world, what would it be? Mm, I think I already kind of said it when I was talking about Andrea and yeah. our bodies. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just I just want people to be appreciative of what they have always do what you can do. Like when I was hurt, I just, I I felt like my choice was either to like sit in that sort of pain and be sad about it or figure out what I could do that would feel good. And I did that. And I think that that, you know, that's just the, to me, like it's always a choice. Everything's a choice. Your attitude is a choice. Yeah, it is. It is up, up to you to choose you know, how you're going to do about that, what you're going to feel about that. Like, you know, so choose gratitude and find things that make you feel good. 
That is a parenting line that I use a lot with, I don't know how much it works because he's still only five, but (laughs) all the time to Marshall, I say, you can choose how you're going to react to this. It's true. And you might fall apart right now, but like, and I always say this to him, I said, you might fall apart right now, but you can choose to be happy instead of falling apart. And I am choosing right now to not fall apart with you because I could do that. Mm Um, And I do fall apart with him sometimes, (laughs) but it's that conscious thinking. And I think that it's really helped me as a person and like as an adult to say Mm -hmm. those things to him because I'm preaching that to him. Yeah. I better try to live it out. And I'm not a hundred percent, but I live it out as much as I can, you know? No one's perfect. I mean, that's not the point, but I think we do learn a lot from our kids. Right. The other thing that I will probably add to that is that like pain, your relationship to pain, I like, it's your body's way of talking to you. Mm -hmm. So be like, I, I actually have appreciation now for when my body, even if I think what it's telling me is kind of sucky, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I can hear it and I can feel it and I can then choose how, how I react to it, what I'm going to do about it. Um, ignoring it isn't going to do me any favors um, maybe short term it will like I'd finish that run or whatever but then I probably have to pay for that if I choose not to listen to it and I mean like when I think about um, you know what Andrea is going through it's like well she can't feel that mm-hmm. you know and so I feel like appreciate that your body can tell you what it can tell you mm-hmm. you know and then you have like you can do something about it right that's so good what's the best most recent book you've read so I read that book, When Breath Becomes Air. Have you read that? I'm honestly, I'm scared to read it because I don't want to be oh, sad. Oh, it's so good. I know it's, it's so good, good, but like, it's also sad that he's so young and he has cancer. I know it is, but it's so beautifully written. Yeah. It is sad. I cry. I definitely cried. Um, but I really loved it. And it was just so beautifully, because he was a... He was like a English major too, yeah. so he oh. had like studied. So he writes like he writes so beautifully, and he's so articulate. And you just you know, but then he's also like so brilliant, right? right. Like as a doctor, yeah. So it, I thought it was so good. It was really to me. It just when I read it, I was going through a lot of this stuff with my foot injury and like trying to figure out what the heck was really wrong with my foot because I didn't like. Pe- people were telling me like, no, run anyway, it's plantar fasciitis. And I'm like, no, but it hurts all the time. Yeah. And, you know, like I felt like some, some doctors, like the, you know, the doctor patient relationship is a very interesting thing. And mm-hmm. I felt like reading it from his perspective, because when that happened to him, mm. his whole, it turned it all up. Like he's the patient now, Yeah. you know? And so that's what I thought also was like fascinating about it was that he was able to like have this new perspective that I, that I wish he hadn't had to go through what he went through to get that perspective, but I wish every doctor would read that book. <laughs> yeah, that's a really you good know? point. Yeah, that's a really good point for sure. You know, and part of not me not running to read that book is I what I mentioned earlier, like my fears with, with cancer and mm-hmm. things like that. Like I have I don't know if it's the healthiest thing ultimately, but like for this point in my life I just like kind of remove myself a little bit from reading up and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like immersing myself in things like that. Cause I'm like, then I think about it more, but I think that's like a healthy thing. I, 
something I need to do to get healthy with facing that fear is mm-hmm. is not totally eliminated from my life. And you are like the fifth person who's read that book and was like, it's so it good. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. The other one that I've read really recently was the um, Steve Magnus and Brad Stolberg book, um, Peak Performance. Okay. Really good. Okay. I love that book. That one, I mean, it's definitely like running, but it's so much more than that because they talk about, it's like, I forget what the subtitle is or whatever you would call it, but it's like, you know, it's about how to like get the best from yourself without burning out. Mm, that's so awesome. basically everything we've been talking right. about today, but like, you know, that idea behind like getting your best without, you know, sacrificing these other things that are so important. And they interview all kinds of people, athletes, yes, but also like people you know, in their careers who have done really amazing things and a wide variety of things. Like one of the guys they talked to was one of the drummers from Taylor Swift's band. Like, it's just really cool. (laughs) But um, I loved it. And one of the things that I love about it too, is they talked about um, how purpose, a sense of purpose outside yourself, larger than yourself is really like the only um, performance enhancing, like, quote unquote drug out there that's like legal because it's true like every like really good um athlete someone everyone who's like really achieving things like when they really do get their best out of themselves it's because there's something greater than themselves that they believe in that they feel that they have a purpose with and what they're what they're doing and I love that idea I want to read that book and it's good I'm doing a book club for this podcast I feel like that could be It's not all running books. Like, my first book was Rhonda Rousey's book. And then this book this month is, like, a, it's called Eligible. And it's, it's like, a total mm. featured summer read. So I'm not, like, oh, fun. Okay. all about just picking running books. But, like, I would like to do a running-related book at to some have, point. Yeah. Good. Oh, there's some. there's so many good ones. I know. That one is definitely good. What? And I, must, I know that Andrea's foundation... Yeah, <laughs> might be fabulous, but is that your answer for your favorite nonprofit? Oh, right now? totally. Yeah, yeah, that's my answer. Um, yeah. I'll say like so. The hers is Team Dre Foundation, and so obviously, like, yeah, that's really close to my heart. Um, I also think that the Team V Foundation is pretty awesome. Now, what's that? My friend, my friend Ali works for them, so it's for cancer, cancer research. Okay, and um, Ali Bigelow, who is the she's like the North Carolina. Was our team leader, I guess, is probably her title, but okay. she's amazing and she works for them and has done some really cool stuff. And they do, um, like, they have people who want to run big marathons, raise money, and okay, it's pretty cool. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> who, who are your top three favorite people to follow on social media? Uh, so I mean, I usually like it winds up like being some of my friends yeah, <laughs> because of course. I know they're real and I love what they're doing. But, um, so Enduro Twerd, my friend Megan, who, um, she is in California now. Um, but she's, she was my, mar- my roommate when I ran my first Boston. Oh, we didn't know each other at I all. Her. Okay. You probably did. Yeah. yeah. yeah you met her when, Yeah. So she, she is awesome. She's got like her, so her social media, like her 
Instagram I love she does like a post a day she's one of those that's like oh, really? does the date and like yeah and she like she lives in like this beautiful place and every time I see her pictures I'm like oh that's so beautiful <laughs> but like she's also like she she's really good friends with like people that I also find inspiring like Lauren Fleshman and you know like she'll she just went out to um bend for this picky bars thing and so she's posting like she's like on a hike with Jesse Thomas you know um for real. So she, she's really like connected in that way, but she's just such like a down to earth, like real, super inspiring. I think her marathon PR is like a 306. Oh, wow. I'm trying um, to look her up, but what, what, how do you spell it's, it? it? It's so it's Enduro, E-N-D-U-R-O, Tward, T-W-E-R-D. Oh, I don't really know why yeah. it is that. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's just, She's done some, like, modeling for Wazelle, too. So she's just, like, obviously, like, I think she's gorgeous inside and out. Mm. Um, But she's really fun. And she also does really cool videos that are, like, usually she does them in, like, a fast pace. I forget what you call that. Time lapse. Um, But she's really knowledgeable about, like, the body and has been studying Pilates and um, is putting together, like, cool videos of, like, for pre-run stuff that you could do and, like, cool muscle back activation technique kind of stuff so people will probably like to see her she does really fun videos um that's awesome yeah yeah she's just really fun she's just a great person um and of course like mary she it's a marathon yeah (laughs) she mary is coaching me which is has been so awesome i love that she is coaching me um and I just think her her whole I love I think Mary's pictures are always so pretty Mm -hmm. I love like the angles that she does them and she's also like very real very smart totally um just I I just love her so I love looking at her um social media (laughs) I told and I told her this when I interviewed her I was like this is gonna be creepy maybe kind of weird but like I just think you are so pretty (laughs) She is so I've pretty. Always, just like this, like natural. <laughs> and I remember thinking yes. that I met her for the first time in Boston that same year I met you. And I remember seeing oh, her really? in real life, <laughs> thinking, and I just looked at her and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you were just like so naturally beautiful." She is. She is, and and just like with Megan, like it's like inside and out, you know, mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah, yeah. I met her. Real deal for I sure. met her in Delaware. Yeah, I when I met her, we were in Delaware for a race. And, like, I, I forget, like, I think it was, like, Twitter or something. This was, like, so long ago before that Boston um, when we had that that dinner. And Megan was there, too, which is mm. so funny. Um, but, yeah, she, we were doing, like, the half marathon in, in Rehoboth Beach. And mm. she had come down and I had come up and we met then. Um, but, yeah, she's just great. She's yeah, great. She's, she's super awesome. smart. And, like, I love, you know how real she is. Mary um, Love Fest like, right here. Yes, Mary Love Fest. Well, you know, it's like I love the people on social media who are like I really know yeah. and like who I feel like they're portraying themselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so authentically. Yep. You know, really. and so that makes me feel like, you know, just it makes me happy when I see what, what they're up to. I know I can trust it. Yeah. And yep. like, it, you know, it's just fun to like I feel connected and I also feel proud that they're my friend because totally. I think what they're doing is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I totally agree. What's, so, who's your number three? Um, so my number three is really different. It's this, and I'm going to spell it wrong. I need to probably look it up. So it's Hefner Health. Okay. <laughs> I think it's H-A-E-F, 
as in Frank, N-E-R. Okay. Health. And they do, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know why I'm following it. It's probably someone else, like, linked to it sometime, and I follow it. But it's, I think it's, like, a rehab gym or, like, um, maybe a strength gym. I don't even know what it is. But they post these really cool videos with, like, training advice videos, like, PT-type stuff, strength exercises they did this whole series on plantar fasciitis Mm. like stuff that you can do like to prevent it and it's stuff that I was already doing so I was like oh this is so cool like it's really legit it's really it's really good well (laughs) I hate that it's the end and I didn't even tell you this I'm at I'm at my friend's parents lake house right now Oh, which is so fun because I have to tell you when I proposed those dates to you to to interview, I was like kind of hoping you would say today because I didn't have to schedule. Oh, good. I didn't have to schedule around kids or anything like that. But I am going to go lay out by the the lake now. Oh, that's awesome! Which I'm so excited well, I hope, about. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I hope you enjoy your time yeah. at the lake. And thank you so friends. yeah, and thank you so much for doing this. And honestly, like. We could have, this conversation could have been like five hours for sure. Um, so <laughs> well, I'm so glad. Thank you, you, you for having me. On. Okay, for sure. I would love to. All right. I I'll guess. talk to you later. Okay, bye. bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show today. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on the show. What a great conversation. Lots to think about there. You guys, make sure you're following me on Instagram. Come find me, lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. We also have a group going with a really fun book club. We read Ronda Rousey's book last month, My Fight, Your Fight. And this month we're reading a fun book called Eligible. It's a little bit more of a summer beachy kind of read, um, but we're having a lot of fun with it. So come check that out and join the conversation. Thank you, Kind Snacks. Thank you, 500 Festival Mini Marathon, the Indie Mini Mini, the Kids Mini Mini for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And thank you to all of my Patreon supporters. You guys can get two bonus episodes a month there if you go to patreon.com slash lindsayhine. And most of all, thank you guys so much for listening every week. Um, that's what keeps this show going is the listeners, um, tuning in. So I really appreciate all of you guys who have subscribed to the show and everybody who has shared the show with their people. You guys have a wonderful Friday. Have a great weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.